You know, pain is a lonesome place. I don't have to tell you, do I? It'll drop a rock in your stomach, right through your pounding heart. And when your knees are so and weak, when your knees are so you hit weak, the ground. You hit the ground. And you finally realize. And you finally realize you don't got this. You don't got this. Well, well. Now you might just now make. you might just make. You see the tallest tree. You see the tallest may tree. Not the storm, may not weather the storm, do. but its roots do. So dig in. So dig in. up and let stand up and let the wind blow. Because there's hope. Because there's hope. Good morning. Thank you all for having a seat. Man, I'm going to tell you, I'm about to bring up our guest speaker today, but I just want to tell you kind of where we are and what we're doing, and I'm going to be honest with you. I talked to Chad this week, uh, actually last week I think it was. I've just been praying through this series uh, about some, I was like, God, like I just know there's something special you have for this series, Hope in the Dark, and, and we have something every week, but God, there's just somebody. I can't get a name off of my mind, and I don't know what's going on. So tell me what it is about this name. Why does this name keep popping up? And Chad's name just kept coming up, coming up, and coming up. And I finally said, all right, Jesus, we're going to figure this out. So I'm going to reach out to Chad, and we're going to see what happens. And, man, I could not think of a better series and a better time for God to line up than hope in the dark for Chad to come speak with us today because it's going to be awesome. I know he's got something special prepared but we talk about this each and every week, guys. Before Chad comes up here, and we're going to give him a vine welcome. Before he does that, I just want to encourage you with something. We say it every week. It's something new we've been trying. If you've got your phone, uh, maybe you, uh, you have your Bible app. Does anybody have the Bible app on their phone at all? I know a lot of folks do. I hear some excitement. Yes, I do. Sometimes it's really easy if you're on the road, or I think sometimes it'll even talk to you. It might be really cool. But we have our Bible app, and what we do is if you'll get on your Bible app, you can actually keep up with Chad, take personal notes, but also it'll show you the scripture we have today. So if you'll open up your Bible app, just like I have here, you click the More tab, and when you click on the More tab, what's going to happen is you're going to click on Events. Once you click on Events, you're going to see some great churches that are available in the area and some things that are going on. You're going to see the Vine Church Sunday Worship Experience, and it's going to give you information on how you can connect with us, how we can pray with you, but more importantly, it's going to tell you how you can watch online anytime. It's going to have the scripture. You can take personal notes so that you can go back to the message anytime and see what God is teaching you and talking to you in the message. So maybe you have that. Make sure you have your location services on when you do that, but it's a really cool tool for you, really cool thing that you can use to be able to aid you in the service. So I'm excited that we've been doing that. Our creative team's been working on that, making sure that that happens, and I'm so thankful that we get to do that. So without further ado, I love when people say that. I don't know why, man. Could you give a vine welcome to Chad Logan? I'm so excited that he's here today. And Chad has, uh, Chad's going to be sharing some awesome stuff about what he has going on. And I'm so thankful. I'm honored that he is here today. I'm honored that Jesus uh, lets us get to do what we get to do. But more importantly, that I have brothers in the harvest that he's called us to go out there and be the few laborers to go reach. So I'm thankful for that. Chad's got an awesome message for you, Chad. Thank you so much. Love you, bro. Go get it. All right. Well, good morning, church. All right. I got this podium, and this, this thing looks comfortable. All right, put my water on this. Hey, I'm Chad, and uh, man, can I just brag on Tyler? He is an amazing guy, first of all, but man, he's got a passion for Jesus, passion for reaching people, um, and when you're, in, when you're in ministry, it's easy to become uh, apathetic, 
and cynical, honestly. Can we be honest? And uh, to see a man like him who is just on fire for the church and for Jesus is so refreshing. You know, we need more of that. That man is excited, y'all. And let me, let, me, let me brag on something else. I got here this morning at 830, and this man was sweating, loading this church in. And, uh, man, that's where the magic happens, y'all, in the trenches. You got a pastor that's willing to get in the trenches and do the hard work with you. So that's, that's awesome, man. So just, just give him a hand real quick. Why not? Why not? Yeah, love you, man. So I am excited to be here this morning. Um, man, my wife and I are from, from Charleston, and uh, I'm going to talk a whole lot about hope this morning, and I'm going to talk a little bit about darkness, too, because we're talking about hope in the dark, right? And uh, so, man, I'd, I'd like to share my story with you this morning and kind of tell you what God saved me from and what he saved me to, because he didn't just save me something from something, he saved me to something. Um, so, guys, I'm just going to start my story. I was, I was born into a, a fatherless home. My dad went to prison four months after I was born, and uh, so my mom didn't have enough to make it. And we lived uh, on government, in government housing, on welfare, and uh, that's just kind of how I grew up. Uh, he got out when I was a little bit older, but dad was always kind of distant, um, and I longed for a father, uh, but I didn't really get that from my earthly father. Um, you know, my mom divorced him when I was 10, and she, she tried to make it work, but uh, Dad just wasn't willing to make it work. And uh, so she divorced him. And then, so growing up, uh, I, you know, we all want a relationship with our father, right? Um, so I would, I, would, I would call my dad and say, hey, man, I'd just love to spend some time with you. And he'd say, I'm going to pick you up Friday after work. And you know, Friday would come and go, and this is back in the day when we didn't have cell phones, so you couldn't tell where everybody was all the time, and, uh, and he wouldn't come pick me up, you know, and, uh, and that hurt, that hurt little 10-year-old Chad that longed for his father, you know, that longed for an earthly father that loved him, you know, I cherished him, I cherished every second I had with him. When I was with my dad, he glorified uh, jail and prison and, you know, made it, made it seem like that was a badge of honor to do that kind of stuff. So I grew up with this skewed idea of the fact that, man, my dad thinks it's really cool to, you know, to go to jail. And, and he wouldn't say that to you, but he likes to brag about the fights he got in in prison and, and all these things. And, oh, Lord, what was that? Jesus coming back, y'all. All right. Um, so, so, and that created this, like, really weird view of life. So at a young age, I had a God-sized hole, all right? And when I say a God-sized hole, it was something inside me that needed to be filled, all right? And I filled it with things of this world, of instant gratification. And when I was a kid, you know, before I found drugs, it was, it was negative attention in school. I was the class clown. I guarantee you there are some people that probably failed college because of the fact that I distracted them so much growing up in school. Um, I was that kid. Um, I, I mean, I was just, <laughs> y'all. So when I got in fifth grade, uh, I, tried, I tried smoking weed. And, uh, man, I, I felt like I had arrived. Man, it was like, this is awesome. I don't have to feel. Think about that. I was 12 years old. I didn't want to feel. 
I didn't want to feel anything. My mom had remarried, and she married a man who was uh, a former cocaine addict. And uh, she did the best she could. My mom loves the Lord, uh, but she had a father who was abusive. And we, we find sometimes the people that raise us. And that's unfortunately what she did. Man, I love my mama so much, y'all. She prayed this prodigal home. Let me just say that. But uh, she married a man who was physically and emotionally abusive to my sister and I. I mean, he was just angry all the time. And we weren't his kids, and we knew that. Um, but we, I, I longed for that father figure in him and didn't get that as well. He didn't want any part of that. Um, so a revival came to my church. Yeah, I didn't tell you, I did go to church growing up. Went to a little Methodist church where I learned a whole lot of things like, man, it's, you got to show up on time. You got to be dressed nice. You got to look good. You got to serve. You got to give. You got to do all these things, and, and then you're right with God. And uh, so, man, I, I thought that was, man, that's crazy. And y'all, let me tell you, again, before cell phones, I, when I tell you I army crawled in my mom's room, on Saturday nights when she, after she fell asleep and unplugged that old school alarm clock so she couldn't get up in the morning. I was that kid. I did not want to be at church. Um, I didn't want any part of it. And uh, so, but a revival came to our church, a little good old Baptist revival came to our church when I was, uh, when I was about 12 and a half. And man, they were preaching the gospel. I remember it. And I remember thinking, man, I want this. I want what they have. Um, and I think I legitimately gave my life to the Lord when I was 12 years old. I believe that. And I'll tell you what, I went to school the next day, and I was telling all my friends, man, y'all got to come to my church. They're talking about something that is, like, man, I was crying last night. I was crying. Mama, I don't ever cry. I was crying in front of my mom. Except the Lord, y'all, you got to come. And I was getting everybody, everybody from school, little little 12-year-old evangelist. Um, and so... I started trusting people from the church more. I put my faith in the church, and I started looking for a father figure in that church because I said, hey, man, I want somebody that, like, loves God and is, is part of this whole big thing that we do on Sunday mornings that's kind of exclusive but not exclusive. And, you know, I was starting to get into it. So I, I made friends with an older guy that was a youth leader and uh, started spending some time with him and, and uh, eventually— he started molesting me. He started touching me. And uh, it killed me inside. I was so confused. You know, I thought the church was a place where you could trust people. You know, and I went to the church, and, and I was getting abused by this person. But I, I, wanted his, I wanted his love so bad. I wanted the love of an earthly father so bad, of someone so bad, that I let it go on for years darkness, you know, total darkness, um, you know, a 12-year-old kid, and it's just, it just blows my mind that you could be in a church, and you could hear the same Bible that I hear and do that to someone, you know, and so I grew up Started smoking weed and, and really liked that. I liked the release. I didn't have to think about, you know, I didn't have to try to unpack everything that was happening in my, happening in my life, y'all. Think about it. I got a father that's not there. I got a stepfather that's beating me. And I got a man at church that I'm supposed to be able to trust that's touching me. It's horrible. 
So I tried stuffing it down inside. Remember that God-sized hole? I continued to fill that with things of this world, looking for instant gratification, satisfaction. Um, So slowly I went from marijuana to, uh, I moved to Chicago, and uh, somehow I was 16 years old and living on my own and uh, found myself with a cocaine addiction. And uh, so that started this, this literal uh, me running from God kind of adventure. I traveled all around the United States trying to find happiness. What I found was drug addiction in Phoenix, you know, smoking meth, shooting heroin in my arm. Still trying to put all that stuff away inside. You know, there was no hope in my darkness. You know, because that church that I went to showed me what God was. So I continued to live like that for 15 years. You know, from the time I was 12 to about 27, um, I was addicted. Heroin addicted. I smoked crack. Y'all, I was a garbage can. You got it? I'm doing it. Pills, shrooms, whatever. I didn't want to live, but I didn't want to die. I was killing myself because I didn't want to think and I didn't want to deal with all that stuff in my past. I just, I just wanted a father to love me all along. And uh, I didn't find that. I found hurt and I found pain. You know, when I looked to this world for, for all that stuff. So when I was 27, I said, all right. I'm strung out, which means I'm, I'm, I've done so many drugs that I feel like I am going to die or I'm just I'm going to continue doing this until I die. So I said, I want help. Now, there's got to be a different way. There's got to be a better way to do this. And uh, I asked my sister for help. And she had actually got sober by the grace of God like four years before I did. So she was ready to help. She was ready when I was ready. And... Uh, she found me a, a detox. Y'all, so I spent a week in a medical detox trying to undo 15 years of active drug addiction. I was scared. I was alone. All those memories, all those crazy men in my life started coming back into my head. All the fog started leaving, and I said, uh-oh. <laughs> I'm ready to run. I'm ready to run back to it. It's just too much. It's too much to deal with. So when I got out, fortunately, uh, my sister found me a rehab to go to in Florence, South Carolina. And uh, I had never been to a place like this. I had never tried really in 15 years to get sober. I didn't have a reason to. I figured I was going to live my life, you know, drag, drug, drug, sex, and rock and roll, right? You know, that was me. I was going to do that. That was the way I was going to go out. But um, finally, I decided, nope, this is, this is no way to live. So I went to this detox center and uh, got into a 12-step program and uh, started learning about who I was and how I worked. Started learning about, man, I read this book, the the Alcoholics Anonymous book. If you have anyone in your life that is addicted, I recommend you read the first 164 pages of this book because it will tell you about who they are. It told me about who I was, and it it led me back to a God who loved me started going to a church around the corner from this detox. And uh, 
this church was different. You know, I was hearing things that I'd never remembered hearing growing up. I was hearing things that I remember hearing in that two days that that revival was in town, though. It was crazy how your memory goes back to that time when you're like, man, I remember this. Wait a minute, there's something to this. And I started leaning in a little bit more to the idea of, okay, so this grace thing. So you mean like he loves me no matter what happened in my past? And he's never going to leave me. He's never going to hurt me. He's going to be the heavenly father that I never had. You know, the, hopefully the father I never had. And uh, I just started hearing about grace and love and mercy and forgiveness. And, man, Jesus just grabbed me. He grabbed me. He said, I love you. said, I love you. I love you so much that I died for you. <laughs> you know, that's pretty crazy for a kid that grew up that just didn't know that kind of love. And uh, this man lived a sinless life, came to this earth fully God and fully man, lived a sinless life and died a criminal's death on the cross. So that everything that I ever did and everything that I would ever do would be forgiven. <laughs> it's the best thing I've ever done. <sighs> These are happy tears. <laughs> He's so good. <sighs> so now I'm, you know, almost eight years into this, this Jesus thing. <laughs> it's been the coolest thing I've ever done. I started really living when I laid down my life for him. <sighs> y'all, all the feels. <laughs> Ooh, he's just so good, y'all. This is what this, it's just him. And he's here. Do y'all feel that? <sighs> So eight years later, I felt this call to ministry, you know, immediately after I got saved. Um, I got sober with, with my brother here on the front row. And uh, we just, we got saved and we said, we want to share this. We want to start doing this thing for other people because this is awesome. We started doing a small group in the rehab we were in. And people started meeting Jesus and receiving the Lord. And we started feeling a calling on our life that said, hey, maybe God put us here for more. Maybe he called us, but he didn't just call us. He sent us on a mission. And so that's what I've dedicated the last eight years of my life to is, is learning who Jesus is and sharing the gospel because it saved me. I'd be dead if it wasn't for the gospel. I was dead. I was dead. Um, so I met my wife and met her at church. And uh, she, she was such a cutie, still is. And uh, 
<laughs> Still is. She's a, she's a pregnant cutie. We, we got a baby coming in March. And, um, but I met my wife, and it uh, was one of the second best things I ever did. And we had our daughter. And I get to be the father now that I never had. Y'all, the love for a father for his children is crazy. I never knew how much Jesus loved me until I realized that he loves me in a perfect way. I'm not perfect, but man, I love that girl a whole lot. And she teaches me so much about how to come to the throne of God, y'all. She could holler my name 50 times a day, and I would still come, and she still knows that, you know? And I've got to remember that. I've got to be able to call on the name of Jesus when I need to. So I met my wife, and in 2015, I started doing a a small group in a local uh, rehab uh, because I feel the calling to be with those people because those are my people. I just, there are people, but they're my people. Uh, we've been through the same crazy stuff. So in 2015, started doing a small group in there and uh, just started seeing salvation every week, every month. You know, we've seen over 100 people in the last three years receive Jesus as a result of, of just saying, hey, God, I don't have much, but I'm going to go in there and do what I can do. I really don't know what the heck I'm doing. Um, but I'm going to try to figure it out as I go and listen to you and do what you say. <laughs> and it's fun because <laughs> I make mistakes, but he's got grace and he, he grows me and builds me. But so in 2015, we started doing that. And then my brother passed away. This is a family illness. I come from a long line of addicts and alcoholics. My brother passed away from leukemia, brought on by a long-term drug addiction. He received the gospel right before he died. We prayed to receive Christ right before he died, so I know he's in glory. And then another guy um, that went through our program in 2015 just overdosed recently. And uh, this man received Jesus. We got him baptized. And when he overdosed, something clicked inside my head, and God said, you've got to do more. There's got to be something more you can do. And my wife and I started praying through and thinking through and having conversations about what that looked like for us. Two untrained, unschooled, ordinary people that just love Jesus and love to see life change. Uh, We started praying through what that looked like. And um, what, what God showed me through that man passing away was... We can't just give them the gospel and get them saved and, and give them a Bible and put them out the door, man, and say, all right, good luck. You know, that sanctification thing, it's tricky, but you'll, you'll get it right. No, no. The thing that we have to recreate, what Chris and I um, encountered was a community of believers that said, hey, I'm going to rally around you. And I'm going to say, hey, we're going to be the church. We're going to love you. We're going to put you in community. We're going to do small groups. We're going to do all these things that are going to bring you closer to God. And so I said, that's what we need to recreate. So we started a little thing called the Hope Project. And the Hope Project has been born out of our burden for people overdosing, for people dying from addiction, for people living lives bankrupt. All right? 
the way I lived my life for 27 years, living in the world, living for nothing. And we said, we've, there's just got to be, there's got to be something more we can do. So the Hope Project is a, is a ministry that we're going to, we've already started. Uh, we're almost a 501c3 and we're going to meet twice a month and we're going to share the gospel. And we just want to get people saved. But we're going to follow up with all them. We're going to lead them on to the local church and to small groups and to local activities and community events that can keep them involved in Christian community. So that's what the church does. But oftentimes, people like that, they're scared of the church. And that's okay. They'll come around. I did. Um, and so that's what we're doing. We're recreating that. Something that, you know, God did for us. Man, we're going to turn around and do that for someone else. Um, so let's talk about Jesus more, man, because it's my favorite subject, y'all. It really is. We're going to talk about Matthew 19 real quick. I'm just going to share a word with you that I think the Lord wanted me to share today. All right. It's up on the screen there. All right. Just then. Oh, all right. Matthew 19, just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me what is good? Jesus replied, there is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones, he inquired. Jesus replied, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. All of these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Then Jesus said to his disciples, truly I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Amen. Mm. And can we just skip back to verse 21? Let's just go over this part again, y'all, because I think, I think I've missed this in recent times of, of reading this. And God just, he threw this out at me this week. And, and man, I hope it, <laughs> I hope it speaks to you like it spoke to me. Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Y'all, there's a whole lot in that, in that verse. Um, Jesus says a whole lot of things of you need to do. You need to do these. You need to follow these commands. You know, if you want to be perfect, if you want to get your way into heaven, you've got to follow all my commands, sell all your possessions. And I think, I think we can hear that a couple different ways. I think the way Jesus meant that was, yes, yes, keep my commandments. Do these things, but also come follow me. And I think come follow me is what we miss oftentimes as Christians. Because 
We see, man, I gotta, man, I gotta go to church. I gotta read my Bible. I gotta pray. I gotta do this. I shall do this. I shall do that, as we read in the scripture. But really, all Jesus is saying here is, come follow me. You know what? That right there blows my mind. I love Jesus, how cryptic he was in some of his messages, because you really got to dive in and flesh it out inside, because that didn't speak that to me the first few times I, wrote, I read that in my Bible. He says, come, follow me, and uh, we're going to sing this next song, and uh, I just want you to think about, are you following Jesus, or are you trying to do all these things, these things that just weigh you down. And, you know, I, I, I think of the picture of like being in like this murky muck and you're just like, you're trying to walk and you're trying to climb this invisible ladder that you think God has created for you. When really all he wants is for you to follow him, for you to give him your heart, for him to be your treasure. All right. He wants that. And I'll tell you what, if you do that, everything else just falls right into place. So, man, let's think about today. How do you how do you fight your battles? How do you fight your battles? And are you following Jesus? So, let's sing this song and then I'm going to come back up and close this out. Like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. 
of my present and my future are still present. And that's one thing I know about all of us in here today. We all have a battle that we're fighting. And we can fight it by, man, being really good, doing really good things, praying really hard, and, man, just being the model Christian. Or we can say, hey, there's nothing I can do but receive the grace of Jesus Christ know that my treasure is in heaven. My treasure is in the fact that a man who was fully man and fully God came 2,000 years ago, lived, died, was crucified on a tree 
for our sins. He was put into a tomb, and three days later, he rose, and 500 people witnessed this man walking on the earth after he was crucified and put in a tomb. Y'all, that's not normal, but that's our God. So when I start looking to this world for things in this world to fight my battles, I got to remember that, man, Jesus is more than enough. And I've got to put my faith in him. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, I think there's there's two people we're talking here to, two groups of people here today. Um, you're either... You're either in that mode of, man, I am trying so hard to earn his love. And Lord knows I do it, y'all, because I was, I was there. Um, and man, it is, it's tiring, it's confusing, it's overwhelming. If that's you today, man, just go ahead and raise your hand. I want to pray for you. If you're watching online, you can go ahead and email in at prayer at thevine.tv if you need prayer today. Because this next person, these next people that I'm talking to are who Jesus came for today. He came for all of us, man, but he loves to go after the one. So I'll tell you today, man, you've been running for a long time and your feet are tired. You're ready to get, get well. Jesus says, come to me. I will give you rest. I will make you whole. I will be the father that you need. So if that's you today, if you're, if you're watching online or if you're here in the congregation, I just want you to just go ahead and raise your hand and say, man, that's me today. I'm ready to begin a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. I see your hand. Amen. You hear it? That Holy Spirit rolling through the building again. Oh, Lord. Praise God, man. Praise God. It says in the word that when one sinner repents, that the angels throw a dang party, y'all. And it just it just makes me excited. So if that's you today and, and you're online and, and you want to pray to receive Jesus, you can you can email us in at prayer at thevine.tv after you're done. And, man, we just want to connect with you. We want to love up on you. We want to get you connected maybe to a small group. But today what we're going to do is we're not going to pray a magic prayer. There's no magic prayer that gets you into heaven. But what we are going to say is we're going to repeat back to God what we're believing in our heart. And we're going to make a decision to turn from our sin. Repent is just a big word in church for turn from your sin and put your faith in Jesus Christ. So man, if y'all just pray with me today, what I do on Thursday nights is we all pray together because here's the thing, man. I need to be telling Jesus all the time, I want you to be Lord of my life. I want to repent of my sin and live the rest of my life the best I know how. You know why? Because you are good. <laughs> you are good. So guys, let's just pray. Um, let's just pray, man. Let's just thank him and ask him to save us continually, continually refresh us. So just pray with me. Jesus, oh man, save me. I repent of my sin. I'm going to live the rest of my life the best I know how. 
Come into my heart, Lord. Power wash my soul. I believe that you lived. I believe that you died. I believe that you are risen. Oh, Jesus, thank you. God, thank you for sending your son. It's in Jesus' holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Oh, man, praise God. We had one here in, in the congregation. And then if you prayed to receive Jesus online, we want to connect with you. Um, prayer at thevine.tv. Email us in. And, man, Tyler would, be, would love to connect with you. That man is on fire, y'all. Give another hand up for him, honestly. <laughs> hey, and, and let's, let's, just, let's just thank Jesus. Let's just give a hand clap of praise to the Lord. Yeah, he is so good, man, that we get to be a part of this. Amen, amen. Well, do you want to take it over, Tyler, or we close out? Hey, uh, man, what an awesome message. Thank, thank you, Chad, for sharing your story. Hey, man, here's what I want to tell you. We're getting ready to wrap it up. I, I'm so excited. I'm going to tell you, we test the weight limit of this stage. I'm also testing Divine Worship because they have been playing. You don't have to keep playing. Thank you, guys. I love you. <laughs> They've been playing continually. I promise I'm not going to sing. If I had a stool up here in that cowboy hat, y'all probably thought something crazy would happen, right? But for real, I'm so thankful Chad came today because here's the one thing that I know. So many times we think our story don't matter. We think what we walk through doesn't matter. We think that past can't be refined. We think that, that it's not good enough. We think we have to try harder. We think we have to fill that hole with more. And I know why God called you to come here today, and I know why God brought you here, and I'm so thankful. So today, if that's you online, we want to connect with you. Hey, maybe you're watching in the low country. Hope Project SC. They're ready to connect with you. There are people who want to connect with you. And if you reach out to the vine and you're there and you're close to the Hope Project, we're going to get you in contact with them because we want you to know we're partners in doing this. We are here together as one church because our view of church as we grew up may not be the right view of church because we were told if we work hard, Jesus will love us. And that's just not who he is. He's already done the work. So today I want us to live free lives and know that it is finished. So we're going to wrap up in prayer here. And we know at the end we all put our arms around each other because heaven, we're going to be around each other. So put your arms on. I swear I saw people putting deodorant on today. So it was a good thing. It was a good thing. It was a good thing. I'm just going to pray over us. And we're going to have an awesome weekend. We're going to come back next week and we're going to continue hope in action. It's going to be a great and amazing week. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, dear Jesus, thank you so, so much for today. Thank you for letting us do this. You know, you did it first so that we can go be a part of this. So thank you for what you've already done in the finished work of the cross. Because of that, Jesus, we can have life. We can live it to the full. Because without you, Jesus, we have nothing. But with you, we have everything. We have a hope in the dark. So no matter what we're walking through today, Jesus, there, there are stories of of, of, of folks that are walking through pregnancy right now. There are folks that are trying to figure out if their pregnancy is, is going to go to full term and others are trying to figure out how they're going to tell their families about it. And, and there are folks struggling with addictions that no one may know about. There are folks that are struggling with the addiction of religion, dear God, and they're left 
dry without you. So today, I pray that we would lay it at your feet. Today, I pray that we would talk to someone about it because you put each of us in each other's lives so that we can walk through whatever storm together with you leading the way to encourage and empower and point us the way that we should go. It's not that the storm is going to fade away, but you are going to make us better through it. So thank you for being our hope in the dark. Thank you for letting us do this today. And Jesus, let us live our lives as lights on a hill. Jesus, I lift everyone up to you today. We love you. We thank you. I pray that we would continue to make your name more famous. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Y'all have an awesome week. We can't wait to see you next week.